top tips for escaping the fairies. Now, you're probably wondering why it is you'd want to escape the fairies. As in, a little winged Tinkerbell flying around putting magic dust on people. Well, you see, that's not what the fairies are in Ireland. They're something a little different. In fact, the fairy folk in Ireland actually look quite like you and me. But it can be hard to tell, other than they might be acting slightly suspicious. Good day, woo. Who's your man? Top of the morning to you. But ahead now. I think the best thing I can do to explain is go back in time. Way, way back when the ancient Irish gods lived in Ireland. The Tuatha Dé the people of the goddess Dana. Dana was the sun goddess. The Danube River is actually named after Dana. She also won the Eurovision Song Contest. You can ask grown-ups about that. Being the sun goddess, Dana loved all kinds of everything. But the main thing of the people of the goddess Dana was crafts. They were people of all kinds of crafts. Metalwork, stonework, but most of all, the craft of words. These gods spent eons, that's ages, in Ireland, perfecting their crafts, making the most beautiful metalwork and jewellery, carving the most beautiful shapes into stone, but also speaking the most beautiful poetry. Poetry about everything. Poetry about people. Poetry about the places of Ireland. You know, back then, nobody wrote anything down. So it was up to everybody to make the poems about everything. And these poems would be handed down and learned from person to person in the oral tradition. That means spoken from person to person. Ahem, God to God in this case. So it was that the gods were having great crack, making all their stuff and having rap battles. Anyway, there was these lads over in Spain called the Milesians. People like you and me. And they were building a massive tower. Now the thing they were making wasn't anyway as slick as the crafts of the two a day Danon, but it did the job. They built it up and up and up. And when they finished from the top, you could see all the way to Ireland. One of the lads was like, Jeepers, we should go there. Looks absolutely gorgeous. A few of them got in a boat and made their way to Ireland. They were welcomed by the gods, who put the kettle on for them as soon as they arrived. The Milesians were blown away by the beautiful golden halls of the two a day and their crafts, including the spoken word. They taught them all sorts of poems. Poems about the land, poems about the sky, even a poem that was said to calm the sea. They had a right old time with this new gang. The Milesians, blown away by the many crafts of the two a day, they basically started worshipping them, bringing them offerings on their many visits to Ireland. Gracias. Oh, thank you. Hmm. What is this? Oh, cuddles, you say. Now, it wasn't all snowdrops and daffodils. There were some among the gods that liked things the way they were. Even though the smarter gods had learned a lot from their new friends, there were the few that were scared of them because they were different. So on one occasion, they threw a load of stones at them, tried to capture them, and stopped them from going back and bringing more of their friends. 
This just really annoyed the humans. And thinking that all the gods didn't want them there, they decided to come back in force. This time they brought their crude but strong iron weapons. We're going to show them who's boss. Now the two a day were great craftspeople, but they made their fancy swords from bronze. Though the swords looked fantastic, and they were highly skilled fighters, they weren't as strong as the iron weapons of the Milesians. Well, it had gone too far now, and the two sides were fighting, and jeepers, it was some scrap. They were going at it, the lot of them, hammer and tongs for a couple of hundred years. Hey, watch out, get him! After all that time, there was still no clear winner. So they decided to have one last straightener. The brute force of the iron weapons of the humans won the day, but it was very close. The two a day said, Look, let's share the country, shall we? Do you mind if we have a chat about it in private, though? How about you lot get in your boats, go nine waves out, and we'll decide what to do. They agreed, one of them saying, This is quite strange, no? We must go out nine, nine waves, I know what you mean, though. So the Milesians agreed, jumped in their boats, and went out the nine waves. But the two a day were very sneaky, and they used a poem to knock up a big storm. But you see, a lad who was there at the beginning had learned a poem to calm the sea. He said it, and back they came to Ireland to stay. The Gales. And they are, till this day, among us, among all the other different people who have called Ireland home since. Now the Milesians had won. The gods once worshipped were now defeated. But the Milesians were decent, and they decided to divide the land between them. The Milesians, being the winners, took above the ground and the daytime, and the gods took below the ground and the nighttime. <laughs> they got a bad bargain, if you ask me. The gods moved into all of the she mounds around Ireland, and they live in every hill, mountain, ring fort, tomb, and stone circle here in this country. And they're only allowed to come out in the nighttime. You see, in Ireland, that's what the fairy folk are said to be. The old Irish gods. Brought low and diminished because nobody worships them anymore. People refer to them if you're ever walking around at night in Ireland. They'll say, you better watch out for the fairies. Though they look like you and me, sometimes even smaller, they still have all the magical power of the gods. Now for the most part, if you've got good intentions, they'll not harm you. But they'd easily be able to fire you up into a tree. Up into the crown you go, young fluff. Now it's a fact the fairy folk need people present if they want to go about any of their business. If they've a hurling match going on, they often ask a wanderer on the road to referee. Now you wouldn't want to refuse them, or you could end up in a bad way. If you're out at night on the road, it's a good idea to keep a piece of iron in your pocket. Maybe a horseshoe. You see, they're still a bit scared of the iron since all the fighting in the past. If you're out walking at night and you suddenly lose your bearings, that could be the fairies. 
They could be trying to get you back to one of their mounds so they can have a party of some sort. Could be a wedding, could be a funeral maybe, even just a Kaylee. To avoid wandering back, if you do find yourself lost, a good trick is to take off your jacket, turn it inside out, and then the fairies won't recognise you. If you're ever being chased by a fairy, it's a good idea to keep a pocket full of seeds. You see, if you throw them on the ground in front of a fairy, then they'll have to stop and count every single one, allowing you ample time to escape. Oh, be the hoagie seeds everywhere. Hey, don't treat carcoots and shot me. They can't cross water, it's said, so head for the nearest stream and jump across it and you'll be safe. He's only after going across the river. I'm not thought these shoes are brand new. If by chance you do wander upon a house in the night time, perhaps somewhere that you've never seen before, chances are you've been tricked back to a fairy mound. Now you can drink as much tay as you like, you can dance as much as you like, but whatever you do, don't eat any of their food, or you'll be stuck there reveling and dancing for the rest of your life. <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad to me. Even if it's spaghetti bolognese. I'm quite partial to bolognese myself. Here, mister, can I go? Now? Sure, you've only been here a millennium. Sure, the party's only gotten started. If you can't quite figure out you're in a fairy house, have a look at the clothes the people are wearing. They may be strange or from a bygone era. They love a good pair of shoes, and the place may even have an extensive shoe rack. These old things. <laughs> Had the cobbler knocked them up? There could be strange old pictures and crafts hanging from the walls. Some of the people might be very small, but there could be other people there that weren't fortunate to have the information that I'm giving you here. And they may have ate the food and are trapped there forever. Unless somebody makes a deal with the fairies on their behalf. Who knows, for shoemaking duties or something of that nature. Now, if you want to stay on the good side of the fairies, you should never openly refer to them as the fairies. It's much safer to refer to them as the gentry or the good people. It appeals to their sense of pride. But most importantly, their tree is the hawthorn tree. Often a lone bush standing in the middle of a field. If you would really like to get on the wrong side of the fairies, <clears throat> I mean the good folk, you would meddle with one of those trees. Now people say it's only superstition, but if you ask anyone to cut down such a tree, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone to do it. We've diverted roads here rather than disturb these trees. But that's perhaps what is so good about the fairies. They embody a good sentiment. The sentiment that we should protect the land, protect the hills and mounds. And the warnings attached to the good folk are often just about being kind to the land. And when we hurt the land, from which we get our food and our clean air, all we're doing is hurting ourselves. These beings of the wild live side by side with us us in the daytime and above the ground, and them in the nighttime, below the ground. They are the land, and we need the land to live. So the more we listen to our stories about the good folk, the more it is that we know about ourselves.
Ireland's Unreal was written and presented by me, Hugh Cooney, and produced by the RTE Junior Radio Team. This is our RTE Junior Podcast. For more sort RTE Kids Podcast.